0: Hey, it's Patrick. Before we start, at the time of this recording, we went through a bit of a name rebranding from Rick Center to Altitude Accelerator. With that in mind, we hope you enjoy the following interview. Welcome to the Startups Transform podcast. I'm Patrick McGuire, your host, board member and advisor at Altitude Accelerator, where we help startups scale to new heights. We chat with phenomenal tech business leaders who've climbed their way to success within their industry. Our guests delve deep into the lessons they've learned along the way so that you can get a head start on your next big idea. This is going to be really neat. This gentleman, Abdul, we've got in contact with from our ecosystem that we're networked with. And, well, let's just say he's doing really cool and healthy stuff that has... Implications beyond what the first thing is that you think of. Right now, I just want to give a quick introduction to Abdul. Hey, Abdul, thanks for joining me, buddy. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having us.
0: Genesis is, I mean, you think of that, it could be so many things. It is all about high performance bioplastics. What the heck is a bioplastic? Well, Genesis converts food waste into biodegradable plastics and other high value materials. Now, Abdul, can you tell me really what it is that you guys are doing?
1: Yeah, for sure. So essentially, the the simplest way to to look at it is we take in organic waste or food waste, really, and we convert that material into a form of biodegradable plastic known as polyhydroxyalkanoids or PHAs for short. Now, the special thing about the plastic that we make is um, it's actually made as a fat storage mechanism in bacteria. So they use it as metabolic energy in their cellular processes. So you could think of it almost like, you know, glycogen or fat in humans. Imagine the fat that we develop in our bodies were to be having properties of a plastic material. That's kind of the way we look at PHAs and how it's made in these bacterial cells. So essentially, we grow it in these cells. We wait until they're, you know, at the right level of maturity. And then we take out that material and we can use it in a wide variety of applications.
0: That is crazy. PHA. So is that fat? You know, we're talking about fat. I mean, I've got enough to go around Abdul. Okay. So what are these PHAs, the fat, what does it actually become? What are you guys making out of it?
1: That's a great question. So we've actually developed a proprietary platform that allows us to make a wide array of items and product applications. And they could be from flexible materials all the way through to rigid materials. So we work with customers right now to make plastic products where the PHA is actually the substrate used to make the product itself. But we also work with other clients where it's just a component of the bigger product application, whether it just be a piece of the packaging or one of the layers on the multi-layer film application or whatever it may be. But yeah, we work with clients to do a whole lot of things with our plastic.
0: Where are you playing? I mean, you're playing in the waste management space. You're playing in the food space. You're playing in, 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 the plastic circular economy, Am I getting that all right? You're kind of in all spaces and you bring them together?
1: In a sense. So we work in the waste management industry kind of on the upstream side where we take in the material and we're able to convert it into the plastic. But we also work on the plastic side. And really, when it comes to a lot of these consumer product or packaging goods companies, they're really looking for a sustainable material that has the right functionalities, sustainability profile and price point. That they could use to replace a petroleum-based substance, and that's really kind of where we fit in on the plastic end.
0: Amazing, and and just to recoup that, you're talking about waste product that you're facilitating and you're converting. Typically, it's a food source item, like a vegetation or or otherwise. Is that right?
1: Typically, yeah, but it can actually be any form of organic material, and we've worked with a wide array of organic materials. So. Anything really that has carbons easily accessible to our bacteria to work with
0: amazing, absolutely amazing. I think it's so cool because we talked about this just before the podcast session started, but you know, hey, we've got bad plastics that are out there and and I'm concerned about leaching and toxins and things like that. We've got food that's out there being wasted, it's sitting in well, not that composting's a bad thing, but perhaps it's composted when it could be so much more using. The genesis process so tell me some awards some partners some of the cool accolades that you guys are getting from like y combinators and and even the government of canada so help us all understand what have you got going what awards are you getting and what are some cool honorable mentions
1: for sure so i think one of the simplest ways to kind of describe that is we've raised a total of about you know ten and a half million dollars cumulatively But out of that ten and a half million dollars, seven and a half of it came from non-dilutive funding sources. So that's from the government. That's from a bunch of awards that we've won and just other kind of things that we've been able to kind of achieve on our own. Uh, And just to speak to some of those, you know, we got SDTC, which is Sustainable Development Technology Canada. They funded us to essentially scale our technology to the demonstration scale. We've also gotten another government grant just recently. Can't talk about it publicly yet, but they're giving us a couple million dollars to do some uh, work with and with a waste management partner as well. And yeah, we've won competitions with BASF, Mondi, Unilever, the Entrepreneurial World Cup, XTC. The list kind of goes on. And, you know, we have this one guy on our team, Rob. He's just amazing. You know, he finds all these competitions and he really does a great job vetting them and, you know, applying for them and pitching where needed. And yeah, he's does a great job.
0: That is fantastic. Hey, uh, Rob, if you're listening to this one, congratulations and thanks for putting the effort in for the Genesis team. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you guys are getting into these contests and into these grants and and programs, are they looking for companies like Genesis or do you have to go and position yourselves and say, hey, guys, we're going to change the world and we want to be part of your program. How does that work out?
1: Yeah, that's a a great question. So a lot of the programs that are out there now are actually focused on sustainability or some aspect of a circular economy. Some of them are about abatement of plastic materials. And really, we just apply to ones that are relevant to us that have kind of stakeholders that we can work with in the future. And we find that a lot of these events are really good for cultivating good partnership potential with some clients um, and otherwise. And one of the most recent ones that we've actually done was an innovation competition that we did with Novo Nordisk and Novo Nordisk is one of the largest insulin providers in the world. Through that competition we were able to really kind of show them what we could do and it's been a very interesting relationship since.
0: That's uh, yeah that's not exactly a um, small opportunity to work with a company like that right that's that's a big opportunity I love it. So who came up with the idea of this thing? Where did it come from?
1: Yeah. So that goes back to Luna. Luna, our CEO, was looking to make ways to unlock value from food waste and organic waste in general. And she looked at the process originally and found that you know, one of the advanced technologies that deals with organic waste that's available on the market today is a form of waste management called anaerobic digestion. And she found that in that process, there's specialized fermentation bacteria that do a lot of this work. And she realized that you can actually Optimize the bacteria in a different way to make a different product rather than biogas.
0: That is awesome. I can't say it any other way than that. So, I'd like to know maybe something about your background, something that happened early on in your career or childhood that perhaps impacts the way that you do business today and why we're on this call.
1: Yeah. So, I would say one of the things that had somewhat an effect was reading the autobiography of Malcolm X. Reading that book inspired me because I know he might be a polarizing figure, um, <laughs> maybe not the best in terms of controversialness and all that, but what was really inspiring about him was he was able to take you know his innate skills and hone them to a very high level and be able to present himself in a really good way. And he went from being a two-bit hustler, a criminal, so to say all the way to, you know, a very respected member of a social movement. And just by talking and, you know, filling his ideas and others, he was able to make some change. And I found that to be a very, you know, effective way of just honing the skills that you have innately and using that in your business, your personal life, whatever it may be. And I find that everyone has, you know, that natural gift or that natural talent that they do have. And it's all about Just working on it enough so that you're able to hone it and use it to a high level of productivity.
0: I'm going to take something out of that, actually. And, you know, maybe didn't say it, but did say it in a roundabout way is we have to remember that you can always reinvent yourself. You can always strive to be better and to make a massive impact. And as entrepreneurs, as startup founders, as early adopters and partners in startup companies, that's really what we're doing. You came on, Abdul, uh, to a team, then you've made it better. And so did each one, including Rob, as you mentioned. But it was Luna's idea. She couldn't do it without this team. And, and even if we cycle it back to Malcolm X, you could go from, and I'm going to use your words, not mine, the two-bit hustler to a global, impacting, super intelligent, incredibly respected figure. You don't have to be the same guy today as you are tomorrow. Envision where you're going to be and, and, and hustle in a good way curious, um, you guys founded in 2016, is that right?
1: So yeah, it was founded in 2016, but actual company operations started in 2017. So it was founded and then there was a lot of thinking behind the idea of what it could be. And then a team was formed with some of the original employees. Shout out to Marcos and Haas. There are two directors on our team right now. Very, very gifted guys. I've actually known Haas for a very long time. He's been able to do a lot on the R&D side, and Marcos has been able to do a lot on the engineering and scale-up side. And yeah, it's been amazing what we've uh, done in such a short amount of time.
0: So initially, I mean, things change from the time that it was in the ideation, incubation stage, if you will, to creating and developing. And even now today, we all go through some little pivot points. Was there a pivot point in the company's life that has put you guys where you are today? And could you explain that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So the way I look at it is almost like a continuous path of evolution. Originally, we were looking to distill volatile fatty acids, which are a certain chemical from food waste or organic waste in general. But what we found was you can actually make much higher value products from them. And that's actually one of the really interesting things that we're looking to do in the long term. Even though we're focused on biodegradable plastics right now, we know that we can make a variety of chemicals and materials uh, of the future using volatile fatty acids in the platform that we've developed so far. So I would say that was one of the original pivot points, moving from volatile fatty acids to a more specialized, higher margin product. But another one was kind of moving from a CapEx heavy type of business more to a CapEx light business. And the way that we've done that is rather than looking to build our own plants, which would be quite expensive... You know, not really VC or investor friendly. We've moved on to a model where we can actually work with waste management companies and piggyback onto their existing infrastructure to produce the materials that we make at a fraction of the cost when it comes to scaling the technology to deliver that material at scale, but also, you know, realizing a lot of synergies that exist with these waste management partners to better their business and better our own.
0: Excellent. And how are you doing that? I mean, uh... Partnerships, licensing, what do you guys do to make them or empower them to you know, use your technology?
1: It's exactly as you described it, partnerships and licensing. But really, it starts off with uh, you know, working closely with one partner for a little while and taking a lot of the technical and economic risks away from the picture um, and then scaling that to other partners over time.
0: Very cool. I love it. Make it cheaper and easier for them to get involved, making it cheaper and easier for you guys on the CapEx Heavy, as you mentioned. It's good to know that, especially for those VCs that are out there listening. And actually, while we're talking about it, I mean, anyone that's listening, anyone that loves green tech, the economy and the environment, you know, these guys are actually raising funds. They're they're going for their Series A right now, and, and they're going to close – end of season, end of the end of the year, definitely it's a 2021 initiative. Is that right, Abdul?
1: Correct, correct. So we're looking to complete the round by the end of the year. Um, and we've just to recently begun this process. So yeah, that in itself is definitely an interesting endeavor.
0: And how much are you looking to raise in this series?
1: Yeah. So we're looking to raise about $8 million equity and then pair that with a variety of non-dilutive funding sources. And we found that this model where you pair dilutive capital and non-dilutive capital allows us to protect our investors, but it also allows us to take the technology further on less resources.
0: Wow. I think every company needs to have an Abdul and a Rob to be able to figure out this strategy because it is a, a big deal. And just a reminder. They initially raised up to about ten million dollars. Seven million of that was coming from non-dilutive strategic grants and funding sources to leverage and partner with those that are investing in the company and the success. So you know if they did it before with ten million, you know they're going to do it again with another eight to ten million dollars. So check them out, get on board, and, and maybe you get. To this is
1: burn. what I've been telling. You.
0: <laughs> you guys are doing awesome. I love it. Just changing things a little bit. That pivot point. From the Volatile Fatty Acids, who made the decision to start looking at you know the VFAs versus what you're currently doing, and who sort of led the change on that pivot in the business as well?
1: That actually predated my time at Genesis slightly, but I know from the history of the company, which is commemorated in great detail amongst my colleagues, that was Luna, Haas, and uh, I think a couple other members on the team who just realized that You know, it isn't the highest margin product, distilling it down to a certain kind of stable compound also might take a little bit of effort. So really, it was just a, there was a bunch of factors that pushed us in a different direction and they were able to kind of see the bigger picture and uh, make that transition.
0: Great. And what might have been a bad decision that the company ever made? Because we can't just tell the glory story. We have to tell about the struggle.
1: Yeah, honestly, I don't mean to be, you know, a cop out or anything, but I don't really look to any of the decisions that have been made at this point as really bad decisions. There's times where we could have made a more optimized decision for sure. But, you know, the learning that you get from that opportunity is quite significant in itself. It might be too early to tell in terms of big mistakes. So hopefully we don't have any in the near future, but I would say we've definitely learned a lot along the way.
0: Fair enough, Abdul. And I will call that one out for the startups and entrepreneurs and those that just like to sweat and hustle and and, uh, suffer. If you can learn from anything, then it's never a bad decision. As long as you're failing forwards or finding a bad decision with a silver lining. What may have led to the most important thing that you think leads to the company's success today?
1: Yeah, so I would say one of the really important things that we've done in the recent past was focus on customers despite our early stage. And a lot of times when you're building out these hardware technologies or you know technologies that require a lot of infrastructure to get that manufacturing capacity to sell your product, it may take some time. But we found that working with the customer up front is actually a very good way of doing business because not only are you able to really hone in on the customer's needs, uh, you're able to develop a relationship with them over time that speaks to your ability to deliver and it builds that trust so that when they need you to come through on a big purchase order in the future, they know that your team has been able to deliver on several technical and economic milestones in the past. So yeah, transitioning to working with customers right now and generating revenue immediately, despite our early stage has been, I would say, one of the more beneficial decisions that we've kind of made over the last little while. And a lot of props to Luna. She definitely is the one that led the charge on that way of thinking. You know, Luna's built two startup companies in the past. She's actually got both her masters and undergrad at a relatively young age. And you know, now she leads a team of over 20, almost 25 individuals. And I think she's doing a pretty good job.
0: I would say so. And that definitely qualifies as a beast in business. Absolutely. Let's just sort of think about, uh, and you can think about the corporate answer, or you can think about your own personal answer in this one, because you've been successful here in the business and growing the company with everyone, but what are three things you might have told your past self, whether it's looking for the position that you want to have in life, or whether it's growing the company?
1: Yeah, um, great question. One I could think off the top of my head is having more empathy as a leader. You know, sometimes understanding the people that you work with really allows you to make better decisions. And I definitely got to give a shout out to one of my mentors who really taught me about this concept in more detail. His name is Carlos. Carlos is actually CEO of three companies somehow, and he does a lot of great work in the clean tech side of, you know, the Canadian ecosystem as well, but he really kind of pushed this idea onto me, having more empathy as a leader and understanding how your employees work, you know, what kind of styles that they have and why they're doing what they're doing. It might be a lot more Um, yeah, there might be a lot more to it than you initially think based on a result or based on why something is done the way it is. Another thing that is really important is just continuous learning. Even though, you know, we learn over time when we get better at it is at whatever it is that we're doing, there's always an opportunity to learn more. And having people like, you know, Carlos that I mentioned as my mentor, or just other people in general, who could kind of guide you and advise you on decisions along the way, just so they can share their perspective, allows you to learn continuously, classes, help, talking to different people, executive coaching, all those kind of things definitely help as well. Um, Maybe I'll leave it at those two for now, but if you want a third one, I'm sure I can think of one.
0: Good. So for the entrepreneurs and the startups spirited in you, uh, express empathy, understand what everybody else is going through, it's not just software and hardware. It's not just Genesis. It's not just biodegrading stuff. It's it's people that make this thing work. So I really like that. And two, for those listeners that are startups and entrepreneurial spirits, even the experts are still trying to figure it out. So keep learning. It's an evolution of education forever. I got three kids. They're online schooling right now. And I keep reminding them that I'm still learning. I'm still learning to be a better dad, a better podcast host a better business entrepreneur a better everything heck i'm still trying to figure out how to cut the grass better so where do you see the future of the company and the success of the company where are you guys going what's got you guys excited to keep doing this
1: yeah so a couple things um i alluded to it earlier but just developing a platform that allows us to really capture value from waste materials and make a variety of products with of course focus on phas first uh, is definitely something that we look forward to in the future. And we really do believe that the biotech space has a lot of room for advancement and potential when it comes to manufacturing of products and materials. And we really are excited to play you know, a role in that space. But for the more immediate future, I'm really excited to see how we can capture more value from food waste and tackle the plastic pollution problem here in North America And hopefully expand it throughout the world but of course we'll just focus on our own backyard for now
0: you know i'm keenly aware of that you got to focus on our backyard to start but the vision you guys have for global impact is massive there's something on your website that i love i love this line but it says plastic without pollution that's exciting to me and i can see like how long does it take for you guys to go through your process with fully degraded products Uh, one year. What if we go with like these PLA bottles, if you will, that's those, those plastic bottles, the single use and other, even other ones. But how long do they take to fully degrade? 100 years, the zero ones and fives. When you look at the recycling images on the bottom of your bottles, you'll see that. Okay. Fully degraded folks, a thousand freaking years. This is not good, and Genesis is making it go from 1,000 years, maybe it'll break down, and what's that leaving in our environment? What's it leaching into our food system? And our oh, just drives me nuts. One year fully degraded into a non-toxic product, I'm in. I love it. What these guys are doing changes the way you think about the plastic that you're going to drink from. If you're going to use it once and throw it in a landfill somewhere, man, don't get me started. you got to call these guys up. And for manufacturers, Abdul, they can contact you, they can license the technology, and they could make a better plastic bottle or straw. Is that right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I know that biodegradability is super important to a lot of consumer companies right now, but PHAs that we make have a lot of amazing other qualities too. You know, excellent barrier properties like heat resistance, UV resistance, one of the really interesting ones is it's actually biocompatible, meaning it does not cause any toxic effects in humans when ingested. I'm not sure if you know, but we actually have a lot of bacterial cells within our own body. They would be able to recognize PHA and break it down into the components that it breaks down into, which is carbon dioxide and water. Oh um, my goodness. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of benefits to using PHAs, and uh, we're excited to talk about them.
0: This is huge, huge, very excited. And I hope that all companies start to adopt this, especially, you know, as much as we all love to grab our on-the-go coffee. I won't drop any brand names in here, but some of them have switched to some papers, which is, which is good. But they've lined it with sort of a plastic thin coat, which is toxic, and it's leaching into our bodies, whether you like it or not, especially if it's a hot drink product. We need a better choice. And I think that's what we're solving here with Genesis. So going back to when you first got this opportunity to join Genesis, or perhaps even just any company to start up and be part of this entrepreneurial journey, would you do it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think it's always kind of spoken to me, the entrepreneurial aspect of work. And I like working at smaller companies in the past, just because I, I can feel my impact is going a little bit further towards the company's goals and direction. And I feel in entrepreneurship, you know, that's one of the best ways to do that. Happy to do it now. I'm probably going to be doing it for a while.
0: Absolutely. And most people that get that weird entrepreneurial bug, DNA, whatever it might be, they're always into it. And when you know you can make a big impact in the business, in the company, in others, but also with what you guys are doing at Genesis, but in the world, Most people will say yes, and they'll do it again and again and again. As long as you're making a difference and you're happy, even though it sucks for a period of time, you know the outcome is worth it. So thanks for the honest answer. I appreciate it. And it's awesome to have you on this session.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: How do people get in touch with you or with the company if they want to do business, if they want to talk about your your seed series? How do we get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so you know you could go to the website genesis.co spelled with a c so g e n e c i s.co but alternatively you can contact me through linkedin and i'm sure you know we can uh, get what you're looking for it's i have a pretty unusual name i would say both first and last so kind of hard to miss
0: yeah absolutely And for anyone that's about to search him right now the abdul part you probably got easily and spelled out pretty quickly all right but the last name kogali k-h-o-g-a-l-i abdul kogali abdul i i want to say a huge thank you i give you great thanks for sharing your insights with us also those stories and insights of luna and the company i love the vision in the future you guys have so abdul a huge thanks for joining me on the podcast today
1: absolutely anytime and i just wanted to say from my end too A lot of the guys at our company, you know, Luna, Rob, Haas, Marcos, Patrick, the list goes on and on and on, but so many of them are doing so much great work, and we definitely couldn't be where we're at today without the hard work and efforts of everybody on the team. So shout out to the whole Jenny team. We call it Jenny.
0: Excellent. There we go. (laughs) We got a Jenny team going on. So on behalf of Startups Transform, to everybody listening today, I'm Patrick McGuire with Startups Transform podcast and we're talking with abdul and genesis so thank you so much abdul thank you everybody for listening and i look forward to telling your next awesome story on startups transform have a great day thanks again abdul thank you thank you for joining us on startups transform podcast you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts if you enjoyed the conversation a rating or review goes a long way recommend the show to a friend Find us at altitudeaccelerator.com, where we can help you begin your startup journey with access to our workshops, advisors, and mentorship opportunities. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.